0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the CMC game. I'm Marking Ross, and this is SD Sharpie.
1: What's up, guys?
0: Sharpie, how you doing?
1: I uh, I'm all right. Um, kind of hot and sweaty right now. We're making meatloaf. Oh. No has the the house like 110 degrees.
0: I was going to ask if those two things were related, or if it was. Pre-meatloaf or post-meatloaf that you're sweating? (laughs) It's
1: (laughs) definitely uh, pre-meatloaf. You don't want to see my post-meatloaf sweat.
0: I don't know. We might post that in the Discord. (laughs) But the reason that everybody's here uh, is the CMC game. And we're back, and more importantly, you're back for another episode of the CMC game. Today's contestant loves to party and has already signed on for a return appearance for another episode in the future with a shifted color identity. Barakos, party leader, joins us today, telling us a story of how being raised by giants can really help with confidence. Tune in to see how Barakos is rewarded in treasure-seeking behavior by being a giant threat. Initial thoughts, Mr. Sharpie?
1: That's pretty creative. I'm just thinking hey. about meatloaf sweats now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, was, uh, I was half frozen when I was getting ready to do that intro because I, I truly don't know how you're supposed to say this commander's name. If it's Barracos, Barracos, or
1: Barracos. that's what that's the, how uh, I kind of go. Raid Shadow Legends ads always say it when I'm watching. YouTube. Oh, well, there YouTube.
0: we go. That's I like it. It reminds me of like a uh, Baraka from Mortal Kombat.
1: Is that the guy with the, the the knives that come out of his hands?
0: Yeah, the big old like bone shivs.
1: Yeah, he has like really sharp teeth.
0: Yeah, he's he's got a, a great smile.
1: Yeah, I know nothing about Mortal Kombat, so
0: ooh. Well, I could go on for a while, but nobody tuned in for a Mortal Kombat (laughs) podcast. So before we get into the show, we do have a little bit of
1: housekeeping. (laughs) So if you guys want to support us and, um, you know, get those spicy post meatloaf sweat pictures on Discord, head on over to (laughs) patreon.com slash cmdtower. We have quite a few tiers. Uh, We have. Are kinda in the talks of changing that a little bit, but the base tier is three dollars, which gets you complete access to the Discord where you can hit up Marketing Ross and myself for some spicy photos.
0: Yeah, in the uh the new server coming to you soon, the meat sweats.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but Along with those perks, um, we do have some swag that is involved. But if you want to see what that looks like before you get too deep, or if you want to just go buy some swag, you can visit our Etsy shop. That is Etsy.com slash store slash CMD Tower, I think is what it is. But um, I always just go to Etsy and type in CMD Tower in the search bar.
1: And if sweaty pics or awesome swag is not your jam, you can head on over to Abyss Proxy Shop. To get some sweet playtest cards or proxies, whatever you want to call them, there you can use code CMD Tower for twenty percent off your entire order.
0: And then you don't have to be afraid to sweat on them.
1: Yeah, you can even get like my spicy, sweaty meatloaf pictures as card art.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining meat wad from Aquatine Hunger Force. Yes, <laughs>
1: there you go. Well, uh, now that that's done marking ross what's the haps
0: what's the haps and uh we got to stop talking about meat i was about to make another meat reference but uh anyway thing that i wanted to talk about is i had a recent game that i thought was pretty fun with a deck that i just threw together with stuff laying around made with Goldbug, the transformer card the azorius one who wants to be a, a human commander
1: You know, when you first sent me those messages, I thought you said uh, Goldberg. And I was like, why is Ross talking to me about a retired wrestler?
0: (laughs) He's like, what has he done now? Yeah. Um, But no. So what I did was basically, let me pull up the card so I don't say it wrong. I'm typing into Goldberg. Thank you for that. (laughs) So Goldberg, humanity's ally, uh, wants to be a, a human tribal commander. Because on the car side of him, he says the human spells you control can't be countered. And then whenever he, whenever Goldbug and at least one human attack, you convert him. And on his other side, it says prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to attacking humans you control. So essentially you just get like free quote unquote combat steps where you don't have to worry about the combat damage hitting you back. You just swing without mercy. So I built swing it in away. a really polite way, a really polite way with some light stacks, creatures
1: light stacks you can't see my quotation fingers
0: <laughs> grand arbiter might might have been in there which everybody was thrilled to see on the table
1: i i'm always thrilled to see it on the table Is that what you said
0: <laughs> i mean i said the people playing me were but yeah i, okay. I think i think you're a, a fan of grand arbiter
1: i am when he's on my side i particular particularly That's like fair. seeing him across the table
0: <laughs> but uh no that was a that was just a pleasant surprise of when you kind of just toss some guards together in a pile and test it out and it actually runs and works.
1: Now marketing Ross as this is a great segue over to what I would like to talk about. What did you base this gold gold bug not goldberg deck off of?
0: You just going to out me that quick?
1: I am I am proud right. of my accomplishment.
0: <laughs> All right, so Sharpie has me building a CEDH deck, uh, which is do, not do something I typically to... do.
1: Yay! Oh, yeah, sorry. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Hooray!
0: <laughs> so, C-E-D-H is not something that I typically dabble in, but Sharpie was doing his best to convince me to build a deck, and we were talking about things that I would want to do, which mostly was a conversation about things I didn't want to do, which was the typical winds of blue and black type of shenanigans comboing out. So we arrived on Jetmir, the the fat cat. I don't remember his name. Nexus of Rebels. So essentially yeah. it's a a Staxi hate bears win conless deck. There you go. You're getting
1: did. the lingo. I'm impressed. I'm just trying.
0: <laughs> uh he's just looking to to swing some creatures. <laughs>
1: So as I said before, it's like a segue into what I wanted to talk about. I am pulling Ross over to the dark side, and uh, I, yeah, next month you you come into that tournament.
0: I'm I'm gonna try my best.
1: Hells yeah, but anyways, I used to play CDH a couple of years ago. I played Najila. Can kind I of get burned out on the whole scene? Wasn't really enjoying playing it all that much, but recently a lot of my friends have been trying to get me into playing again, and I actually went to a tournament last weekend. Yeah, it's been a week now. I built it's labeled as Turbo with Cass at the helm, but it's kind of it's kind of a hybrid deck between like a a generic Turbo list and more of a mid range list. Like I I tend to run a lot more counter spells, so like. A brief description, Turbo Naws is just like you're trying to win as quickly as possible. You're wanting to dump your whole hand on turn one. So you don't normally run a whole lot of protection or interaction. You tend to run stuff to protect your Ad Naws or, um, you know, like your Will of Fortune or whatever. So that's kind of where my deck differs. It runs, you know, more than just three or four free counter spells. But anyways, yeah, went to that tournament, um, had a lot of fun. Uh, actually got to the top four, which I thought was pretty impressive on account of I haven't played in two years. And then they did us dirty. They did us so dirty. <laughs> they wanted us to play a pod of five because there was five of us in the top four and two of the decks were Winota. <laughs> I was just like, no, nah, I'm Winota. out. <laughs> yep, I'm good. I'm Gucci. Gucci, as they say. So
0: you, you pregame scooped.
1: Oh, man, I did. Like, we were trying to, like, so four of us were okay with splitting the prize. This, the prize, by the way, was um, a lion's eye diamond, and they were just gonna like cash it out and split Ooh. it five ways. it all got like a hundred dollars, but no, this one chick, she wanted, she wanted to play for it, and apparently, minority rules there, so they had to play for it. And I was like, I'm out. I already have a lion's eye diamond, so you guys have fun.
0: Hey, she she may have been worried that splitting it five ways meant. Cutting it into strips and then handing out a strip of a lion's eye diamond to each individual, which is frightening. So I I understand why she wanted to not have that happen.
1: Well, I'll tell you this much. If we would have done that, she still would have won more than what she actually got, which is a big (laughs) fat nothing.
0: (laughs) Uh, You don't sound salty about the last pot at all.
1: Actually, I really wasn't like I was I was really happy where with where I ended up at the end of the day. I played three games. It was double elimination. Um, The fourth game was supposed to be the final round. All three games I played against the Winota deck. Um, My first pod, I beat the Winota deck. Second pod, I lost to the Winota deck. Third pod, I had like the most insane win. I like I was so nervous. I had like Tourette syndrome. Like I was shaking so bad through through that win. but yeah, so I was just really happy where, with where I ended up at the end of the day, just getting to the top four, not having played in two years and not playing a deck that I guess I was super familiar with. I studied it Hardcore for a week, but so nice. I didn't need a line. I mean, I was like, I- I'm good where I'm at.
0: <laughs> yeah, for just coming back into it not that long ago, fourth place is pretty yeah. impressive.
1: Yeah. Oh, so. We're gonna do the thing that Mr. Combo Number Five doesn't like. He likes this like pre-podcast chat to only last ten minutes. We're already at eleven, but I'm gonna make it last (laughs) ten minutes more. So I'm gonna tell you guys how I won because it was just too great not to share. So it was uh the third pod. There was four. There's four of us. Of course, there was me on Kess. There was my friend Ryan on Winona. The guy was on Najila. And another guy was on a stack stack that ran Timna and um, the bird, the blue-white bird. It's shy. It's shy. So, um, Najila tried to win pretty quickly. Uh, we stopped that player. Uh, he died. Two Anoda beats. And Anoda <laughs> um, got a pretty pretty solid board, and we didn't really have much going on. I, th- I was just trying to grind value through um, my Dothy Boyd Walker and my uh, Ledger Shredder. So, we bought down probably 50 minutes into the game. Um, Winota's going to kill us on our next turn, so I just go for it. So, on my field, I have a Dockside, a Tapped Mana Vault, a Talisman of Dominance, and two OG duels. But there was a Magus of the Moon out, so they were basically mountains. I think, yeah, I had some treasures from Dockside. So, at the end of the Winota ter- player's turn, I cast Ad Nauseam and went down to two life. Didn't get fast mana or anything that I wanted to, so I was a little nervous starting my turn. So start my turn looking through my massive hand, trying to figure out how to win. And I have a basic island, so I'll start with that. Of note, my Winona opponent has Magus of the Moon as a hate piece. They also have a Sanctum Prelate on two, so um, spells with two CMC can't be cast. And then they had the um, it's from the new set, the um, it's, I think it's a zero four, 4, and it says spells can't be cast from graveyard or exile or something like that. Um, but it's a creature. So they had that on board. And I was like, man, I have to get through two to three pieces to win. So I start my turn. I no longer have the talisman because they destroyed it in response to my ad nauseum. So all I have is my tap mana vault, uh, my dockside, and two mountains. Lose a life to the, the mana vault. I play my land for turn, which is a basic island. And then I move through. The most intense play ever. Um, so with my one island, I tap it and cast Chain of Vapor on my Dockside. And since I targeted myself with the Chain of Vapor, I can sacrifice a land and copy it. So I sacrificed the island, and I bounced Sanctum Prelate on the notice player's board. So that opened up my two drops. So I used my two mountains to cast my Dockside. I got four Treasures... I used two of the treasures for two blue, and I cast Cyclonic Rift on the little um, cage guy, uh-huh. and then I use my last two treasures to cast um, Underworld Breach. Uh, I had Ooh. a couple of counter spells in my hand. One was Pact of Negation, and then I had a Lion's Eye Diamond, and then just a bunch of other stuff. So I play my Lion's Eye Diamond, go through the steps of sacking it, getting um, mana, digging through my deck, dag- or uh, digging through my graveyard, recasting it, exiling three spells with uh, Underworld Breach. The um, the the Esper player tried to stop me. They cast a Tainted Pact for a um, Fierce Guardianship to counter my uh, Tainted Pact. But luckily, I already had the uh, Pact of Negation. So I was just like, I was really concerned with the Winota player. I was like, please, you have one card in hand. Do not let it be a Red Elemental Blast or a Pyro Blast. So, um, nervously cast the, uh, the pact on the fierce guardianship and then continue on through, through my shenanigans and cast the, um, the tainted pact with the, the thoughts Oracle out there and the Winona player didn't have anything. So won the game at one life. It was, Witherical. it was intense. Yeah. It was, it was like camping. All
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you were pretty proud of it. Um, and it I, sounds I like was. it was an intense line of play.
1: Yeah. I was pretty so, happy my my me. friend Ryan he was on Winota. like i said he 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 made me pretty happy because he was like he told me after the game was over, he was like he was like, Had you not told me that you were new to that deck, I would not have believed it with the way that you piloted it. I was like, yes, I impressed somebody
0: uh, nice a, a professional, yeah, well, that's pretty awesome i hope whenever you get me down there to start playing CEDH, I can do something as cool but I will probably be I, more like the, the Winota player that, that watched.
1: <laughs> I hope it's not against me. That's all I hope. I don't want to have to crush <laughs> crush your marketing rods. <laughs> I,
0: I will bring Magus of the Moon, so prepare for that again. But anyway, that's not why you guys came here. You wanted to hear about the CMC game. Uh, so just as a quick reminder, the the deck is usually selected by the Collective And then the hosts, that's me and Sharpie, uh, will pick our favorite card for each slot and talk about why we like it. And then the non-owner of the deck, in this case that will be Sharpie, will select five cuts and five ads.
1: And let me tell you, was it difficult this time around? Technically it took me a couple of weeks, but you know, that was for other reasons. So (laughs) what the deck?
0: What the deck? So we had kind of alluded to this earlier in an episode where in the collective, there was a a challenge, if you will, to build a budget build of Barakos and use one of the backgrounds so that each of us has a differing color. Um, so the one I landed on was green. So I went with Raised by Giants, which mainly for this, uh, I wanted to use that so that when I swing for Barakos to get treasures, I was less worried about losing. That, ten ten commander. So my focus here, obviously, is budget, but is mainly rather than going the party route for this. I mainly delved into generating treasures and trying to get value out of that.
1: I will say, um, when you when you picked Raised by Giants, I wasn't super impressed with your pick. I was really hoping you'd go for the mono black build. I thought that would have been a lot cooler. But having played against the deck, uh, making your commander a ten ten and then adding green to it was a pretty good idea, if I say so myself. <laughs> uh,
0: it, it certainly makes the, the commander more threatening than a 2-4. Yeah.
1: So, Mr. Ross, what number of cards in each CMC are we working with?
0: All right, so for today's deck, uh, we have cards in the 1 through 7 slots. 7 in the 1 slot, 20 in the 2 slot, 15 in the 3 slot, 9 in the 4 6 in the 5, 5 in the 6, and 3 in the 7.
1: I like that 2-drop two, two drop slot, 20. That's a good number.
0: I, it, it certainly helps, helps you do things early game when you can lean out the... Or, or I guess you would be not leaning, you'd be putting F emphasis in the 2 slot. But <laughs> all that was a confusing way to say that my, my total average <laughs> CMC is 3.22. <laughs> That's
1: pretty chunky. And... The the budget we went for was one fifty, correct? Yes. And you, you slid under that by quite a bit. Looks like the price tag is one thirteen.
0: Yeah, at the at the time of building it it was right around there. I haven't gone back to check, uh tapped out said it's it's still roughly around there. Um but there is a a seven drop that uh takes up a goodly portion of the budget that oh, we will yeah. be talking
1: about. All right. Well, I guess with all that, we can start the game.
0: All right. So I will uh, kick us off in the the one CMC with a card that is probably best described as cute. So for one green, we have Teething Wormlet, and it's a 1-1 from Brothers War. And it says, Teething Wormlet has a death touch as long as you control three or more artifacts. And then whenever an artifact enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life. If this is the first time this ability has resolved, put a 1-1 counter on Teething Wormlet.
1: Spicy. So, uh, I, I'm reason, not sure I would say yeah. it's cute. It looks more goofy to me. <laughs> it,
0: it's a face the mother would love, the mother worm. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. But yeah, so
0: the, the reason I threw it in here is like obviously to have a 1-drop that does something that interacts with treasures. But as long as I have three or more artifacts, he has Death Touch, so he's already a good blocker. And then as I'm generating treasures, I'm also gaining life and then slowly growing the wormlet. I can dig it. Sweet. Well, speaking of digging, let's dig into your pick.
1: Okay. Uh, Mine was chosen for me, but in in Mr. Ross's defense, I probably would have chosen it anyways. My one drop is Ravenous Squirrel. So for a hybrid mana of green or black, which means you could cast it for one green or one black, we have a creature squirrel that is a 1-1 one one that states whenever you sacrifice an artifact or a creature, put a plus one plus one counter on Ravenous Squirrel. Then it has an activated ability of a green, black, and any color of mana. You can sacrifice an artifact or creature in your game one life and draw a card. I think this card's super sweet. It encourages you to use its second ability uh, with its first ability. Uh, I remember when we played the game, one of the things you talked about was the fact that you don't have a lot of great ways to draw cards. Uh, This is definitely one of them. It's a bit pricier on account of your sacking a a Summa treasure. I guess you could sacrifice a creature um, or a different artifact, but I would guess you'd get sacking a treasure, but it also costs three mana, so... You really wouldn't want to sack three treasures to activate it and then sacrifice another one because then you're down four treasures. But yeah, good pick.
0: Yeah, uh, it's a it's usually a point of desperation when I'm using this card to draw cards.
1: This squirrel has a human's hand in the tree. And it's like, there's like a <laughs> snake and a bird and
0: an apple. And an apple and, and, and a, maybe a croissant.
1: Uh, I thought it was a grub worm, but that'd be a really big grub worm.
0: <laughs> He's hungry, okay.
1: <laughs> all right the, well let's so the, move on to the second drops
0: yeah go ahead
1: you can go ahead and finish what you're saying i brutally interrupted you and i apologize oh that's
0: okay i do it to you all the time so <laughs> the uh the version i have and some people like this and some people don't but it's the sketch version from modern modern horizons yeah. and one of the one of the things i like about that those versions is they change the flavor text to artist notes yeah. And so for, for this one, it's action. This is a squirrel who eats everything. Yep. So that Explains that's why he has those, all those strange things.
1: Yeah. Yeah, those. The sketch versions are really cool on most of the cards. Some of them are bad. Like, I'm like, there's barely a picture there.
0: <laughs> Everybody sketches differently, I suppose.
1: <laughs> all right, Mr. Ross, what is your two drop?
0: All right. So my two drop is another card from the Brothers War but it is Sarenth Steel Seeker. For one colorless and green, it's a Human Artificer Scout 1-2. And it has the ability, whenever an artifact enters the battlefield under your control, look at the top card of your library. If it's a land, you may reveal it and put it into your hand. If you don't put the card into your hand, you may put it into your graveyard. So, just a a way with each time an artifact hits the um, battlefield, aka treasures, um, just a little bit of top deck manipulation.
1: This card is awesome. I think we talked about it on a couple episodes back, but this is definitely a hidden gem that, that you found here, Ross. It does a lot of the, uh, like, what is it? Coiling Oracle-like type effects. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. Coiling Oracle is... It's kind of more of a bad card nowadays, but I I usually add it to my summoning decks just because it's like a nostalgia thing.
0: Yeah, If you if you have a way that you can uh reuse coiling oracle it becomes better but i agree with you it's it's starting to get outclassed even though it has that sweet richard kane ferguson version now
1: man i still haven't picked one of those up it's like 10 cents what am i doing
0: yeah go get it man
1: well on to more impressive two drops and Mm. i will take credit for the fact that i put you on this you can't deny (laughs) uh we have pyre of heroes it costs two generic mana it's an artifact that says you may pay two mana and tap it to sacrifice the creature. Search your library for a creature card that shares a creature type with the sacrificed creature and has converted mana cost equal to one plus that creature's converted mana cost. Put that card onto the battlefield and then shuffle your library. Activate this ability only any time you can cast a sorcery. So this is a um, birthing pod for tribal decks. It uh, costs a little bit less, but has a more restrictive build around. So the reason I told Ross he should run this is, well, um, spoiler alert, I run it in my Barakos deck. But one of the cool things (laughs) is a card I'll be talking about in the 4-drop slot, but also the fact that Barakos is a party leader. So he's also a cleric, rogue, warrior, and wizard. So he covers all your party um, members. So you can technically sacrifice him to the Pyre of Heroes to tutor up something else. And you have one, no, no, never mind. Your, Ross will not be sacrificing Barakos because he has none of those in the, the five drop slot. What are you doing, sir? <laughs>
0: other, other sneaky things, hopefully. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the truth will be revealed in the four drop slot. But there is a bit of crossover. There's a, a fair number of, of rogues and elves and things. So I can kickstart the chain if I need to.
1: Hold on. I but, well, okay. Something else I guess I should bring up is, again, it doesn't really work with Barakos because you don't have anything in the five drop. But he is a cleric, rogue, wizard, and warrior. But he is also an orc, so this actually works mm-hmm. great with your non-party members as well. So if you have an artificer that's a two drop, I believe yours was an artificer, wasn't it? Where's it at? Yeah, a human artificer scout. You could technically sack him to your pyre of heroes and search up a 3 drop that is a human artificer or a scout.
0: Mhm. Yep, so that's a uh, that's where that crossover comes in handy with the the rogues and such, but a lot of the the creatures within here happen to either be elf or human just by by pure coincidence. So beyond the cute trick that we can do once we hit that four four drop slot, there there's a bit of crossover here. I dig it. Okay, well, moving on up into the 3-drop, the one I wanted to talk about is Nadir's Nightblade. Uh, so, two colorless and black for an elf warrior. So, two important creature types there. It is a 1-3, and it says, whenever a token you control leaves the battlefield, each opponent loses one life, and you gain one life. Uh, and the important clarification there is that it is token and not token creature. So anytime I'm burning treasures, I'm also burning my opponents.
1: Yeah, I can dig it. It's saucy. Saucy. Yeah, I like these. Uh, there's a couple of these effects in red, but I think they, they're they when an artifact enters the battlefield. So it's kind of the same thing, just a little bit reversed. Whereas this one is whenever you sack your treasures, you're you're doing some damage. And mine are when they enter the battlefield, I can do some damage. But yeah, I like it. Sweet. I run it in my... Uh, I'm not going to say that. Spoilers.
0: <laughs> we'll get to it eventually.
1: Yeah, eventually. If the Collective ever picks my decks, I'm a little salty about that, if you guys can't tell.
0: Hey, they, they, always, they will. They always they choose you. Ross. Don't worry.
1: I know he has spicy <laughs> decks, but mine are cool too, guys.
0: My, <laughs> mine are just cute, and they just want to know how the heck it works <laughs> or why. Uh, <laughs> that's, the, that's the real question is, why did you do this?
1: That's fair. I have those questions too. Anyways, <laughs> moving on to the arguably better three-drop. But only if you're playing against yeah. other Boros decks. That is Veridian Revel. Uh, it's an enchantment for two green and a colorless that says, "Whenever an artifact is put into an opponent's graveyard from the battlefield, you may draw a card." Some pretty I mean, good. Uh, pretty. It's a good card, I'll say. Even even though I feel like you added this to play against the other Boros decks, I think this is still a really good card. Just with how pushed treasures are nowadays.
0: Yeah. It it certainly was like a, a meta pick for this Barackos challenge, but like you said there's there's treasures and clues and food tokens floating all over the place and then there's also just a lot of either, you know, Oswald Fiddlebender or Jan Jansen or Osgear just sacrificing artifact type things happening. So,
1: yeah. Hopefully right. it'll I mean, it'll work that's the whole income. Yeah. It looks like it says TCG has it for $1.22, so you guys should definitely pick those up.
0: Is I think that's flattened out. It was spiking a little bit, but I
1: thought I th- I, th- I think it spiked a little bit, but I think the one that was really spiking was the foil version if I remember correctly. Oh,
0: that makes sense. I uh, just happened to have one of these for some reason, so I was just was happy foil? to have it. No, nah, I wish. <laughs> you got so excited. <laughs>
1: Four drops. This is where the magic happens. Yes. I'm gonna go first because right, so, I have the yes, cooler one. Please do. Ouch. Mine's cooler, but I like I like how yours works with the deck. So as I alluded to earlier with the <laughs> the pyre, we have a card in the four slot called Maskwood Nexus. Another artifact that costs four generic. It says creatures you control are every creature type. The same is true for creature spells you control and creature cards you own that aren't on the battlefield. And then it has an activated ability at the bottom. But I don't don't think we'll ever use that. Anyways, uh, for three mana, you can tap it and you create a two, two blue shapeshifter creature token with changeling, which means it will be every creature type
0: in it. In a pinch, you could do that to generate more treasures with Barakos, but...
1: Oh, no. See, here's what you do. This is what you do. You pay three mana, and you create a little dude, and then you pay another two mana, and you sacrifice the little dude to the pyre, and you go and you get your little one-drop squirrel. So instead of paying one mana for a squirrel, you can pay five mana for a squirrel.
0: Just think of the value.
1: Yeah. And then another... Four mana to activate it and sacrifice treasures. Draw a card. We're going places.
0: <laughs> it's it's a lot, but you know sometimes you you need that that flexibility to pay <laughs> seventeen mana to draw a couple cards and have a squirrel.
1: Yeah. So with Max Maskwood Nexus, say that twenty times fast. You have a a cool line with Barakos where now you you don't need specific creatures. You just need. Barakos and four other creatures and you'll have a four, full party when you attack in and you'll get four treasures with your Tintin.
0: Three other creatures because Barakos will see himself. This but what you yes.
1: said, didn't it? I said three and Barak- I think, Barakos. I think you
0: said, said four others. I said four a
1: lot in that, that, that statement. So I may have said three. Right, somebody said in the four. Discord.
0: <laughs> Tell us looking
1: what four. Looking at you, Cameron.
0: I know. I oh. Spencer called us out on the the new Mulligan thing last time.
1: So Oh, he did, didn't he? Yeah, his, uh, yeah,
0: his LGS does the draw 10, put 3 back, shuffle thing. They do up weird thing. stuff,
1: yeah. He's always calling me out for something.
0: It's probably deserved.
1: Uh, maybe a little bit. Anyways, what is your anyway, saucy 4-drop?
0: Okay, so my 4-drop, as uh, Sharpie alluded to, is a little bit more of a, a unique ad, but it is... Arcbound Crusher, which is a four-drop artifact creature. I don't have it pulled up, so I don't know what they errated it to. Probably a construct.
1: No, I think it's just... But it's just a zero-zero. A lot of them, they didn't errate it to anything. They're just an artifact creature. But I'll look it up. You keep talking, sir.
0: Okay. You got it. I just looked it up. He's a juggernaut.
1: God dang it!
0: Okay, so it's a zero, 0 with modular 1, so it comes in with a singular plus 1 plus 1 counter on it. And it has trample, which ain't great to begin with, but the cute thing, whenever another artifact comes into play, comma, put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on Arcbound Crusher. So not only my own, own treasure flood is going to make him huge, but whenever you want to cast your Signets or your Commander Sphere or your own Maskwood Nexus, the Arcbound Crusher sees it.
1: Yeah. It has some dank ass art. I miss art like this.
0: It is totally metal, man.
1: Yeah. It's dope. I can see how it's a juggernaut. I wonder how big it is. It needs yeah, we need trees. A, we need
0: a scale. Yeah. Right? It's just it's <laughs> it's crushed crushed them all.
1: Yeah. Yeah, sweet card. Uh I like the idea behind it. Did not put it in my list. Maybe I should have. It's That's okay, you'll learn. How much is the foil, I wonder? Are you going to look that oh up for me, too? Oh, my yeah, God. you.
0: $27. Oh, wow. Wow. Yolo. Original dark steel foil.
1: I'm going to be irresponsible. Yeah, I mean,
0: that's a thing. That's a thing you could do.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you got to foil <laughs> it out like LD. Yeah, there we go. Some shiny artifacts. All right. So,
0: speaking of foily things, I don't know what that has to do with anything. You want to talk about your 5-drop?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, my 5-drop... I thought this guy was like 7 mana. Honestly, I thought it was 5 and black and green. Anyways, it's we cheap. have Mazarek Crawl, Cruel, Crawl, Death Priest, 5, CMC, 3 colorless, uh, green and a black, Legendary Creature, Insect Shaman, 422, this has flying, and whenever a player sacrifices another permanent, put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on each creature you control. This is bonkers. In the deck, by itself. <laughs> But if you play this against other Boracos decks, Boracos, 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 this is going to kill them.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I forgot that Maserak had
0: flying. Oh,
1: that, man.
0: That seems ever, unnecessary. I mean, it you remember? Insect,
1: but... it, okay, so there was, it was a series of movies, but the first one came out, I think, in the late 90s, maybe early 2000s. It was the first scary movie I ever saw. This is why I remember it so vividly. It was called Mimic. Have you ever seen that movie?
0: I don't think so. Mimic.
1: Yeah. It's I assume about, they
0: body snatched type
1: things. Kind of. It's about these giant mutated um, cockroaches in New York City that they kind of look like oh. homeless men walking around.
0: That's horrifying. I just looked it up.
1: Yeah. That's it. Man, it scared me. But Maserick reminds me of them.
0: Yeah. It, it definitely looks like that. That's, yeah. Thanks for that. That's nightmare yeah. fuel.
1: So, a little story time watched that movie with my dad and then uh I went to go take a shower and brush my teeth and go to bed and I was like brushing my teeth and I had the sink running and there was like something in the drain and I was like what is that and I like looked into the drain and it was one of those big water bugs It like flew out (laughs) that's why I remember it so well I almost died that night
0: you and you screamed your best falsetto I did (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) I was I was just thinking back like what was the first horror movie I watched? And I think Aliens was one of the first ones that I
1: watched. Oh my watched. god, you was not technically
0: like a horror movie. I know.
1: I watched uh, it I think, as a teenager. So my and parents didn't me.
0: really Yeah, my parents didn't really let me watch a lot of stuff, but for whatever reason, it was like one of those scenarios where they didn't read what it was actually about or something. And they're like, Oh, it's just a movie about aliens, like probably like ET, right?
1: Mistakes were made. Wrong. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, but Aliens is a perfect a, segue into your five drop.
0: Yes, because he kind of looks like one. This is another cute thing that you can do with the Maskwood Nexus. Uh, so this, my five drop is Eek to Keek Salvage Splicer. Uh, it's four colorless and a green for a legendary creature human artificer. It's a one one. When Eek to Keek enters the battlefield, create a three three colorless golem uh, artifact creature token. More importantly, when an artifact is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, put a 1-1 counter on Eek to Keek and a 1-1 counter on each golem you control. So, if you add Maskwood Nexus out, Eek to Keek sees all of your creatures as golems and throws plus-one, plus-one counters on them as you burn your treasures.
1: Yeah. Uh, It's a lot like Masaryk. It'll kill people.
0: Yeah. It's a more sweaty-nat, (laughs) are
1: You're you're into superheroes, like... Big, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know you're so. into into Marvel. Um, what about DC? I
0: was gonna say we have this this channel in the Discord for Marvel <laughs> Snap. If if Sharpie would ever get in there, Um
1: F yeah, that so game.
0: My <laughs> my whole thing is that I like the heroes from DC on an individual level better for the most part. Uh-huh. But as a universe, I think Marvel has done a much better job of building out a a. Sensical universe.
1: Gotcha. So this guy makes me think of Saborg from the Teen Titans.
0: Oh yeah, I see it. Yeah. Also, I don't know if that's like a like a ponytail or like a Phyrexian uh, investigative thing coming out of the back of his head. You see what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, I think it, I think it comes off of his shoulder.
0: But it kind of reminds me of like the completed Jace, how he has all those like little. Scope telescoping camera things coming out of him.
1: Yeah, I wonder where he's from. I'm going to look it up.
0: I don't know. Somebody so, can probably tell us.
1: Yeah, talk about your 6-drop.
0: Okay. I'm going to talk about my 6-drop. So, for a 6-drop, I chose Fangren Marauder, uh, which is 5 colorless and a green, for a 5-5 five five beast. Uh, and it says, whenever an artifact is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, you may gain 5 life. Which normally sounds pretty trashy. But... As I should have a whole pile of treasures to burn through, getting five life uh, added for each one of those adds up pretty quickly.
1: So, jumping back to your five drop, could have saved myself a lot of time and just looked up his Oracle text because it has been eroded to Phyrexian human artificer. So, that answers our question. Uh, see,
0: <laughs> it was a Phyrexian thingy. I knew that. Yeah. I know a Phyrexian thingy when I see one.
1: No, that's awkward. What are you doing here, <laughs> <your> Star <stuff>, Tom? <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Fangrim Marauder. Um we actually discovered this when we were we were helping Mr. Combo with his six CMC tribal deck. Mm-hmm. What is that big dragon's name?
0: Oh, the the treasure one? The Yeah,
1: the n- not from Corvold C- from Capanna. Yeah, that one it starts
0: with Ziatora.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that thing makes treasures and you sacrifice those and then you have Fangrim Marauder that says, you know, you gain five life, so you're not upset about constantly tapping your uh, ancient tomb.
0: <laughs> uh which I don't have one in this deck, but yes oh, that that would offset that nicely.
1: That would be because that's a ninety dollar card now, if you didn't know.
0: That would take up a lot of the budget.
1: <laughs> no, this card is super sweet. It feels like uh maybe you said this while I was looking up the Phyrexian thing. Uh but a meta pick, you know, it's gonna be super great against all those other treasure decks.
0: Yeah. It is, yeah. To your point, it is a graveyard. So if people are cracking wafer or bobbles or or whatever, I can instantly gain life. But outside of the meta pick, um, I'm only relying on my treasure generation for life. It'll generation. get you there. But
1: it'll get you there. We're gonna so talk you about
0: something that goes, yeah,
1: yeah, that's a lot better. That you know doesn't have to be a meta pick because it Don't will just say that. straight up kill people. I have killed people with this, Ross. They tried to kill me. They tried to combo off, and I killed them in response with clues. (laughs) But it works even better with treasure. So my sixth drop pick is Marinette Master. We talked about it before. We're going to talk about it again. Probably going to talk about it a third time. But (laughs) four colorless, two black creature, human artificer. It's a one-three. It has Fabricate 3. It says, when this creature enters the battlefield, you put... Yeah, it says you can put three plus one plus one counters on it, or create three one-one colorless servo artifact creature tokens. And then, whenever an artifact you control is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, target opponent loses life equal to Marionette's Master's power. So I, yeah, you could make the little servos if you wanted to, but you could also just do (laughs) four damage to a player anytime you sacrifice a treasure for mana.
0: Yeah. In this in this deck, I'm I'm definitely definitely going plus one plus one counters, not not the servos,
1: unless you have um, it to kick out with. That's
0: true. That's true.
1: Masquid Nexus.
0: Yes, but in our in our six drop slot, I talked about one that giveth life, and you took <laughs> talked about one that taketh away life.
1: Yeah, giving life is not a green Rough. mechanic. What is happening? <laughs>
0: It, I don't I don't know old uh, old times when I don't have a reason I'm somebody's going to correct me I was going to make up something but somebody will will tell me I'm wrong which well, is most most of the time is true and is the case so I'll just move on
1: <laughs> quoting old, old things is a great segue into my seven drop old gnawbone, arguably the best creature best card best permanent in the deck so we have a seven drop mono green dragon for five colorless and two green. Legendary creature, seven, seven. Flying, and whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, create that many treasure tokens. And I just want the collective to know that Old Gnawbone is a female, and I find her name h- hilarious. Stop it.
0: <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> don't don't be disrespecting my, my girl dragon like that.
1: Bro, her tongue. Like, her, her tongue... It makes me think of those like little angler fish that have a little tongue, but the the it's like a little like frilly a, worm gr- thing. Yeah,
0: gourmalgat angler.
1: Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, that's what it makes me think of. It's dirty. <laughs>
0: um, um, yeah. So this is the guard I mentioned earlier that takes up a a good chunk of the of the budget. Looks like it's around twenty five dollars ish.
1: Yeah, it's it's held that price pr- pretty. He said uh, weirdly enough, it says that Card Kingdom has them for twenty ninety nine, which is odd because usually Card Kingdom stuff is overpriced.
0: Yeah, that is weird. Anyway, yes, Old Gnawbone is a banger. I've I've played a game <laughs> where I had is she? stop it. It's not, I barely know her. <laughs> so I had I had Old Nawbone out. I had my commander and my background, so it was a ten ten. And then I also had uh, an enchantment that we didn't talk about, Garruk's Uprising, that gives them trample. So I swung, and I had Marionette Master out. So I oh swung God. in with <laughs> uh, with, <laughs> with, Old Gnawbone and Barakos, made a bunch of treasures, and then waited, and then burned them to, to burn the opponents. So yeah. she does work.
1: It had all the gas in it. It was ready to go. Whoa.
0: Well, speaking of gas... Uh, I'm going to talk about a card that probably doesn't have much gas. I just thought this was kind of a cool card. If you cut it, I don't know that I'd be that sad. But <laughs> it is Shard of the Void Dragon. So that's four colorless trip black for a creature katan. Is that There you, you go.
1: That? Yeah. I it's don't a 7-7 flyer.
0: <laughs> I don't either. So 7-7 seven, seven flyer for seven. That also has whenever Shard of the Void Dragon attacks... Each opponent sacrifices a non-land permanent. And then whenever an artifact is put into a graveyard from the battlefield or is put into exile from the battlefield, put two plus one plus one counters on Shard of the Void Dragon.
1: Yeah, seems cool.
0: It, yeah, it, it just costs too much. Like, it's one of those ones that's like, if this thing sticks and does what it's supposed to, it is a serious threat. But also, you just paid seven mana for something that could get passed.
1: Yeah, has dope art, has a really cool name the triple black is a turn off but then i'm like also we're playing a treasure deck so why do i even care right mm-hmm. i just just feels like you have stronger things in your six slots uh than than this so yeah spoiler alert i cut it <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll we'll see if i agree I agree with what you cut it or you what better. you will add for Maybe
1: it better because it's super good and i run it in my deck and my deck beat your deck
0: Wow. (laughs) Speaking of spoilers,
1: that was 87 years ago. I forgot the game even happened. (laughs)
0: That was 84 years ago. All
1: right. So now we have the CMC lighting round and I get to talk as quickly as possible because Cameron's a big fan of that. I'm just kidding, guys.
0: (laughs) About which part? All of it. That you're going to do it or that he hates it?
1: Both. Yes. No, I don't know. No, he just doesn't like me talking super fast. I'm not good at it, he says. He and, says, but that's the
0: kind of feedback that we're looking for, people. Let yeah. us know.
1: He says my 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 Texan accent is just a huge turnoff. He's just greatly disappointed that I can't talk faster.
0: Hey, work on it. You could be <laughs> a rodeo queen. I know it.
1: A rodeo queen? I believe that's not what those are called. What What is that? How do we have them all the time? An auctioneer? That's what they're called. Well, oh. it's an auctioneer. <laughs>
0: All right, anyway, do do your thing.
1: Okay, so since it's... Wow. Wow. <laughs> since it's Mr. Wow. Ross's deck, I will be making the cuts and the ads, and he will accept them because they're good. So, mm-hmm. for my boy Treefolk, the cut list, I cut Scrap Heap, Gixian Infiltrator, Glittermonger, <laughs> Shard of the Void Dragon, an Undercity Scrounger, and for the ads, Winner. there you go. See, I'm good at this. I'm telling you. Uh, we have Chronomancer, Idol of Oblivion, Bane of Progress, Nadir, Agent of Dusk and, Nail, and Skullport <laughs> Merchant. Winner. Mm. We, do you feel did. better? We, yeah, I do. I feel great. All right. I've never talked we're this gonna, we're in my life.
0: Speed. Speed that up by like five, five times in post, right?
1: Heck yeah! It's gonna be so fast that it's just like it blips, and this whole section is gone. They didn't even know it was there. <laughs>
0: okay, all right. So
1: we're a scrap heap. I, I was talking
0: about. Yeah, it's it's a it's a heap of scrap. Don't worry about it. It's an artifact.
1: What seems okay? Is I'll it? tell you oh, what it does. Three, isn't it? Yeah. It yeah, is a three-drop
0: artifact. This from is trash. Style. Yeah, I mean, it is called Scrap Heap. That's fair. It's in the name.
1: I shouldn't have expected artifact
0: or enchantment, Whenever an (laughs) artifact or enchantment is put into your graveyard from play, you gain one life. Yeah, not that impactful.
1: Poo-poo-hot garbage. We got a better version of it in the 6-drop, and this only happens when
0: an artifact
1: or an enchantment enters enters your graveyard. I totally got distracted by that Discord message that said, Cameron... (laughs)
0: it's like he knew yeah (laughs) he's like he keep my name out of your
1: mouth speak of the devil he shall arrive uh we're gonna replace that with a two drop called chronomancer so the idea i went in with the the cuts and the ads was um What I said in the beginning where you told me that the biggest drawback of the deck was that you felt like you didn't have a lot of card draw. So that's what I tried to bring to the deck. The add I have is Chronomancer, uh, another Warhammer 40k card. It's a two drop, a black and one colorless artifact creature, Necron Wizard. It's a 1-1. It has flying, and then you may pay one mana and tap it, to sacrifice another artifact and draw a card. And then it has unearth for three. I like it. Winner! Me too.
0: Also, it's a wizard, which is relevant.
1: You're a hairy wizard. I mean, sorry.
0: Thank you for noticing. <laughs> no, this is this is much more efficient and much more relevant slash impactful than gaining a life. Yeah, all around, good pick. Heck I yeah. Accept.
1: We're getting places.
0: All right. So the next one you wanted to cut was a uh, Gixian infiltrator. Uh, which is a colorless and a black for a Phyrexian human, 2-1. Whenever you sacrifice another permanent, put a 1-1 counter on Gixian Infiltrator.
1: All right. So So
0: two two drop that uh, grows and blocks.
1: Yeah. I like what you're doing with all of these cards where you've got these things that just get bigger by sacking your artifacts, playing your deck the way that you want to play it. Uh, I think it's really creative. I like it. I just don't like that they don't have evasion. And it dies to removal. I think I think right. in your deck, you're just leaning heavily into something like Mazric instead of having uh, too many of these smaller type effects is kind of where you want it to be. So I cut it for more card draw. Cut it for a card that we've talked about on this channel at least once, if not twice. And that is Idol mm-hmm. of Oblivion. Idol of Oblivion is an artifact that costs two colorless. You may tap it to draw a card. Activate this ability only if you created a token this turn, but you more than likely will be doing at least once every turn uh, with your treasures, and then you may pay eight mana and sacrifice it to create a 10-10 colorless Eldrazi creature token. Winner! Huh?
0: No, I I think just off the, the first part, it's going to generate the value I want, um, being able to tap and draw cards every turn. I don't I don't foresee myself making the Eldrazi, but you know
1: Okay, hear me out. Hear me out, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. Alright, you're ready to finish the game. Everybody's loaded up with blockers. You've got a big board. You're ready to kill people. You've got a Grooks uprising on the battlefield. You got you've got it to kick. You've got Maseric and you've got your Masquid Nexus. Are you paying the eight in sacrificing this?
0: If I haven't already tapped it to draw a card last turn. Correct, but yeah, probably in that in that scenario there of Magic go. Christmas Land, I would.
1: I knew you'd do it. I believed in you.
0: It was a good belief. <laughs> All right, the next one that you wanted to cut, I'm a little sad just because I like the name of this card. Uh, it's Glittermonger, three colorless and a green for a one-four Elf Rogue who has the ability Tap to create a treasure token. Yep. The end.
1: She's a one-four. She got a badonka donk.
0: Mm-hmm. Good. Good blocker does what the deck is trying to do? Yeah. Uh slowly.
1: I hate to see her go because she is a rogue. That's a party member. I don't like these effects. Uh I run into this problem a lot building my deck. I also ran into this problem when I built that um that Grixis treasure deck that I had with uh what is that guy's name? Oh, Cedrus? Yeah. A lot of these creatures that tap to create a treasure token or enter the battlefield and create a tech treasure token costs too much mana. This effect mm. is good on a 3-drop or a 2-drop, but at 4 mana, you play it, you don't get a treasure for it, and then you have to block with it and it dies, or it gets removed, or something along those lines. So I don't like it for that reason. Yeah, that's fair. What From
0: from the exact... To your point, from the exact same set, I have a card in this deck, Galagreeders. Colorless and a green for a 1-1 Elf Druid. And whenever another creature enters a battlefield under your control, choose one that hasn't been chosen. Put a 1-1 counter on it, or create a tapped treasure token, or gain two life. So to your point, lower CMC, repeatable, better effect.
1: Yep, it's got all the gas and where to go. The card I want to cut it for is a monster of a card. One that I strongly despise, because I play way too many I sure. decks. i uh, That is Bane of Progress. So for 6 mana, 4 colorless, and 2 green, you get a creature elemental that's a 2-2. That part doesn't really matter. That says when it enters the battlefield, destroy all artifacts and enchantments and put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on Bane of Progress for each permanent destroyed this way. I realize that this can harm your deck to some degree. Um, If you've built up a lot of treasures, you're going to lose them. But I think that's okay when, you know, you've got like a... 2020 or thirty thirty creature ready to slap some people. Silly.
0: Yeah, that's fair. The only, the only downside to this one is something that you mentioned earlier, no evasion and dies to removal. So the only worry I would have about adding this is that I cast it, burn all their artifacts, but then also burn my resources for this beater that gets mm-hmm. removed.
1: Yeah. That's kind of a gamble. It's like you said, it, it It doesn't have trample or evasion or anything like that. But it has an upside of removing any problematic permanents they have that fall under the artifact or enchantment.
0: That's true. It is pretty strong. Aside from the the treasures that I run, there's not a ton of enchantments in this deck. And if I'm casting Bane of Progress, I'm probably okay with losing the artifacts. So I would put this in the contemplation zone.
1: Oh, so we don't get the winner button? Nope, but
0: you don't get the the buzzer either.
1: Darn. All right, the next one, we talked about it. Cool name, poo-poo card, Shard of the Void Dragon. Do we need to read it again?
0: Nah, they remember.
1: Yeah, if you don't remember, just rewind it. You know, Give us more views. Actually, don't rewind it. Just finish the video or the audio file all the way through and then start it again so that you can hear what Shard of the Void Dragon does and then call it good. Or so,
0: better yet, Ask your fr- send a link to the of the podcast to your friend and ask yeah. your friend to listen through and say I missed this part. Can you tell me what they said?
1: Yeah, and if they forget, tell it tell them to send it to friends. It's a pyramid scheme. Smart. Just fall for it. We smart. Yeah. <laughs> so the card I want to replace it with is a cool card that I'm I might build a deck for one day. I think I should. Really? I don't know. Seems cool, but that's Nadir, agent of the Duskinel. It's a 6-drop, 5-colorless, and a black legendary creature elf warrior. It's a 3-3. Three, three. It says whenever a token you control leaves the battlefield, put a plus-1, one, plus-1 one counter on Nadir. And when Nadir leaves the battlefield, create a number of 1-1 one, one green elf warrior creature tokens equal to its power. And it has partner, but that's not important. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, there we go.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's cheaper. It does kind of the same thing that I'm trying to do with the Void Dragon. But also it replaces itself when it dies to removal.
1: So check this out. Like this on the battlefield with uh, Masaryk. Mm. Double duty on those artifact tokens. You said duty. I did. I said double duty.
0: The only thing... So rewinding a bit.
1: We said we weren't going rewind. to
0: rewind. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I like this for this deck. Uh, I like it a lot. I just wanted to go back to your comment on making a a build around this. And I'm curious who you would partner it with.
1: I'm in my villain stage again of like everything has to be CEDH or budget CDH. So it'd probably be Thrasios and I'd just play Food Chain. Gross. Yeah, we're there.
0: I was thinking of it and kind of like...
1: If you say Togo, I'm flipping of, the whole table.
0: We got to make them rocks. No, that's not <laughs> what I was going to say. I'm thinking of it along the lines of like what you do with Olenda the Dark Rose. Mm-hmm. Dusk Rose.
1: Excuse me. Yeah, same difference.
0: Where you like... Build her up to be large, yeah, and then sack her to make a an army. Uh huh. I think that would be kind of cool with this. So like, do your aristocrats thing to make Nadir huge or treasures, and then purposely sack it to make an army of
1: elf warriors. Yeah, yeah. It seems seems good. You know what you can also do.
0: I think the only down. Th- yep.
1: I got to read the card again. I forgot what it did. Rewind, rewind. Uh, let's We're see. Not gonna, yeah, at least about a field it's yeah, just equal to its power. So what you do is you make infinite creature mana through food chain and then you cast a deer and then you attack it to food chain and you make three elves and then you do that over and 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 over again. And then maybe you have a blood artist and they die and you just win.
0: I mean that's a thing you could do. That's not where I was going with it. But yeah, that's a thing you could do.
1: Talk about your next card. <laughs> Man. No, it's your next. You you got to talk about oh, the card. Oh, you're right.
0: Oh, I got to talk about this scroungy card. Uh, Anyway, Undercity Scrounger uh, is a two colorless black artifact creature. Human rogue one four has the ability that gr- Glittermonger did, did, excuse me, Uh, tap create a treasure token. But you can only activate this if a creature died this turn.
1: Yep. I think this is Glittermonger, but way worse. Mm hmm. So uh, I tinkered with this a little bit with my build and also with the uh, the Grixis build. And sometimes it's just really hard to meet the claws of a creature had to die this turn. Mm. So it's also a tap ability. It is a 1-4. It's got the booty. But you can't activate it when it enters the battlefield. Something has to die for you to activate it. So it's poo-poo hot garbage. It's rogue. Hate to see it go. Not really. Anything else? All
0: right. Well, else? No. No, I think okay. the only thing I was going to add that would just add fuel to your fire is like, even in the case of a board wipe, you wouldn't be able to use it.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. You would have to wipe the board. Nope. Because it has to see it. That's so gross. Yeah. Does it have to see it? Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah, it would, it would have this to see card
1: it. card sucks. It is foil, though. All right. So you get, you get wh- what do you replace for that? that? <laughs> All right. More card draw. We're replacing it for another 3-drop that's also black that costs 2 colorless and a black. And that's Skullport Merchant. It is a creature dwarf citizen for 1-4. And when it enters the battlefield, you create a treasure token. And then you can pay a black and a colorless, sacrifice another creature or treasure to draw a card. Feels like it does the same thing, but way better.
0: I'm for it. Sorry, I was just, just distracted a little bit. I was looking at it on Scryfall.
1: It has two different arts.
0: Yes, like in sets that were right next to each other. What happened? <laughs> I don't know. But then also two different flavor texts that are almost the same, but not quite.
1: Buy something so or get along.
0: In the original printing, it says buy something or get out.
1: <laughs> Interesting.
0: But anyway, for the pick itself.
1: Winner. Yeah, boy. I like it.
0: I mean, it has the same stats, as the, the scrounger. So it makes, makes for the same blocker, uh, makes a treasure token instantly. And then like you said, provides value right away too. So
1: it's also an uncommon. I think it's good so trick. you could build a PEDH deck with it.
0: That you could
1: don't know why you would, but you could,
0: there's something you could do. I'm not going to figure it out right now though. Me neither. But that's for you and the collective to figure out. And now is the perfect time to do so. Cause you've made it to the end of the episode. And thank you for sticking around. Sharpie, if they want to talk to you, where can they find you?
1: Uh, I'm going to say Twitter, but you guys never talk to me on Twitter. It's kind of kind of saddening. I, I want to be Twitter famous. There's a lot of drama going on over there, so you guys should definitely hit me up on Twitter so that I don't have to read that. But a great place to hit me up would be the Discord. I'm in there all the time, but haven't been very active here lately because... Ross is taking up everybody's attention on the Marvel Snap page.
0: <laughs> I just give the people what they like. Also, if you do want to talk to Sharpie on Twitter, it'd probably be helpful if he gave you his hand. I was
1: getting to that, sir. I was getting to that. That would be SD underscore Sharpie. Please hit me up on Twitter. There we if you want go. To talk to
0: All right. Go give Sharpie some pity shout-outs on Twitter. I'm also on Twitter, just as quiet, at Vizardrix Vibes. But more importantly, find me in the Discord. We can talk talk, Snap or whatever else you want to talk about. Love to hear from you.
1: I love you guys, period. Uh, I'll see you later.
0: Wow, one up me.
1: Yeah.